It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Together. Yes, it's hot time. We had a hot time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide, and I've got my very first mobile podcast for you today. I thought I'd start out by testing the new equipment with one of my friends, you know, someone who's no stranger to me making an ass of myself. So I called up my buddy Matt and scheduled a little road trip to explore his family farm and ranch in the Emerald Triangle. One of my favorite things about exploring somewhere new is when you get that cozy feeling of familiarity in a place you've never been. That's how I felt at Steep Hill Mendo. Now, let me ask you, do you know where your cannabis flower is grown? If you do, have you thanked your farmer lately? I hope this episode will inspire you to know more about how your cannabis is cultivated and get to know the faces behind the flower. Now, you know I'm obsessed with the human experience, and I've been so curious to know, how has life changed for our California cannabis farmers since adult use legalization back in January? Last year, you might remember during harvest that I spent a day with my buddy Oki Joe in Sonoma County, and I learned about life for farmers living in the ambiguity and shadows of the law. As a country girl, I was raised to appreciate the source. And in that vein, I wanted to create a podcast to humanize the cultivation of cannabis. I grew up in a farming and ranching community, and neither is an easy way of life. But if you've ever known a farmer or rancher, most, if not all of them, are pretty laid-back characters. I think it's because those mandatory early mornings are a peaceful way to start the day. And back-breaking manual labor forces you to talk less and find your zen. Because you're not done until the job is. 
I also think farmers are a special breed because they've chosen a life that requires equal parts diligence, patience, and acceptance for what is come harvest. Matt and his farming partner are part of the crew that introduced me to the NorCal holy trinity of wine, weather, and weed. Their Steep Hill Mendo farm is on the family ranch in the Yorkville Highlands of Mendocino County. Getting there before the heat of the day from downtown Oakland meant I was on the road at 7 a.m. As instructed, I contacted my friend Matt after stopping for a pastry and shrub from Plank. Shout out to my favorite coffee shop in Sonoma County. It was the last time I'd have phone service and indoor plumbing for a while. Matt texted me a mile marker and met me 20 minutes later along the road on his dirt bike to guide me up the mountain to the property. I'd been instructed to wear boots because he'd killed a rattler a few days prior. Matt also told me to wear a big hat for sun protection, and the only one I have is of the cowboy variety. But it felt good to put on my cowboy boots and cowboy hat. I don't have much of an excuse to wear that sort of a thing in Oakland. I mean, I I guess I could. (laughs) but I'd get hella stares for sure. My boots and my car are still dusted in dirt from that trip. And even though the dirt I brought back to Oakland is from the Emerald Triangle, when I see it, my heart is home on the ranch in West Texas. That's one of those amazing warm and fuzzy things our memories do for us when we travel. Either way you slice it, I definitely brought country to Oaktown. After a dusty drive, Matt and I shared a bowl of Steep Hill Mendo Signature Flower, SFVOG, and went for a walking tour of the property. I'll share a video of that on Casually Baked YouTube channel if you want to check it out. After the tour, we found some shade, but no level ground, to sit down for a casually baked chat. Seriously. They don't call it Steep Hill for nothing. I think I've set the scene. Now, it's time for you to get casually baked and enjoy the chat. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. Oh, I'm out of breath from doing all that and being high. And It's a steep hill. That's why we <laughs> no. call it Steep Hill Mendo. Man. Well, and I'm just everything's like, a steep hill. Like everywhere you walk is up and down hill. Yeah, it's horrible. And I'm just like, do I and really awesome. need to pee that bad? <laughs> I'll just sit here. Yeah, you usually do. Oh, it's so beautiful. Thank yeah. you for sharing this sp- space with me. Yeah, no, it's super awesome. My family's had this place since the '60s, so nice. Awesome. Yeah, start with the red one. Thank you. That's my neighbor, Eduardo. He's oh, the man. Nice. Oh, Eduardo, is he the one that's an amazing amazing vegetable farmer too? Yeah, Eduardo's awesome. Right, Eduardo? You're the man. Hi. Eduardo Herrera. Yeah, he's done a lot of uh vegetable farming and now on the cannabis side, just you know, he lives next door to me. So basically if I need him for a project, I hit him up. But he has a full time job. Like, right on. Somewhere else. Right on. Um, I'm going to just say two things. One, just hold the microphone in front of you so that the your voice is always consistent instead of fading in and out. Gotcha. Number two, your hair looks rad. <laughs> What's it doing? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just took my farmer hat off. You did. It looks good. It's kind of like sweat feathers forward and then just this nice little puffy thing in the front. There we go. Yeah, your wife is going to be so proud. (laughs) (laughs) She wants me to grow my hair out too. So She does. Well, you know, you're going to be a parent soon, so. I am. I I mean, to me, that seems like where sticky fingers are going to want to grab and latch on to. I'd keep it short. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) We'll cross that bridge when we get there. (laughs) I love it. Like, as an expecting parent, you know, everyone's telling you, oh, it's your first. This is what you should expect. And this is this. And this is that. And it's like. I get it. Thank you for your input and everything, but I'm just going to figure it out yeah. like everything else. So, yeah. I mean, people have been having kids forever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm not saying it's not going to kick my butt, but and, and it's, it's going to kick my yeah, butt, but I'm ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> mentally prepared for my yeah. butt kicking. <laughs> you know, well, where I'm from, they always say you pay for your raising. Mm-hmm. So however you were as a child, yeah, yeah. your kid's going to amplify those behaviors. I went through some good and bad phases, you know, like I definitely did well in high school, went to college, partied way too hard in college, but finished at least, Yeah, you know, respectable-ish. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I was a little kid, I would always get into my dad's tools and his fishing gear. And so I've been known to uh, screw some major things up. (laughs) So I'm sure that, uh, and then having this property out here since I was a little kid, I've definitely broken everything twice and he's had to fix most of it. Well, but do you know know how to fix it now? Uh, We uh, we both know how to fix everything now. (laughs) Yeah. After doing the cannabis farm, you know, everything's broken like seven or eight times. So how has that been with the family? So this property has been... There's several mm-hmm. generations, and then yeah. you are the next generation, and you're saying, "Hey, it's a legal market. Let's make it a cannabis farm." How did that? How did that go down with the family? I always love family dynamic stories. Um, I mean, it's more like some of them say, "Why wouldn't you grow marijuana if you have like hundreds of acres in Mendocino County?" Um, some probably wouldn't take it so well if they knew about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But uh, they would never listen to my podcast. Exactly. I mean, you know, my grandma's cool with it. She went to a store the other day and they had these um, these pot holders that were in the shape of a pot leaf. They were silicone pot holder uh-huh. things. So she bought like four of them and has them down in the cabin on this property right here. She doesn't live out here. So it's for like the family to use. And yeah. people came by and saw the pot leaves and didn't even really... They don't even care. They don't even know what's going on on this parcel because yeah. there's two different parcels. So mm-hmm. this is more of the uh, where the cool the commercial. kids hang out. Yeah, this is like the commercial <laughs> side of town. And then no, the cool kids actually hang out at camp. the The regular kids have to work over here on the commercial side. Okay, so copy that. The cool kids. There's a pond and a cabin down below, and that's always been a um, a vacation getaway weekend retreat for anyone in the Humphrey family to use. Really. Nice. And only them. They don't invite outsiders yeah. very much. They're, don't worry. You can't find this place on Airbnb, so don't look. Yeah, you're not going to find it on Google Maps, even if you're looking. We're in the middle of nowhere. No, I had to get an escort <laughs> to get up here. Yeah, you had to get a mile mar- marker and an <laughs> escort. That's how we roll out here. No reception. 
But you know what? <laughs> that to me makes the experience all the better. Yeah. And I mean, we've learned by being out here that that's just the most efficient way. It's like, you're going to go to this mile marker and I will mm -hmm. meet you there. And yeah. then we will go up the road. And before we get to a point in the road where it's gnarly, I will stop and tell you, this is gnarly. This yeah. is how you get past this yeah. little point. And if you check you got it all out. wheel drive, so you were good. I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yeah, it was easy. I was Honda. waiting. I was like, well, maybe this wasn't the bad part. And then I was like, oh, maybe my car is just better no, than no, I No, no, it's a beast. It it's all wheel drive. You're fine. I get up in a Chevy Volt. So. <laughs> no one's ever called my Honda HRV a beast. So thank it's you. It's all wheel drive, though. So you sprung <laughs> for the, little, the extra, the upgrade. Well, my dad was with me, and he's a <laughs> okay, rancher so he in West Texas. Up. So yeah. yeah, my dad helped me pick that. Yeah, his daddy. daughter's not going to be like slipping around on the snow accidentally up in Tahoe one day. No, but hopefully. If you ever make it up there. Yeah, I'm like, hopefully if I'm in Tahoe, in. somebody will be driving me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, that's how I really want to roll. Oh, just, yeah. I just want to have a driver. Traffic around here is so bad for my health. Oh, it's well, insane. Not here I don't get why anyone would ever buy like a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. I get hmm. it if it's an older classic or it's an investment or something, but to drive, if you got that much cheddar, get a Sprinter yeah. van and a driver. <laughs> right. I mean, like, getting one of those me? cars is like having blue balls. Oh, yeah. Like you, you just can't ever get yeah, there. Yeah, I'm going to wrap it around a tree. Like, <laughs> I'm going to fuck that up. Well, bad. I'm thinking about in Oakland because you never, like, really go oh, yeah. for it. Oh, you yeah. just, you're constantly You're for sure going to die in Oakland or get, like, <laughs> a felony speeding ticket. That's all. The only two things are going to happen. There is drag racing that happens on my street mm -hmm. outside of my window, you know, on Friday, Saturday nights at maybe 12, 1230. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's perfect. For drag racing. I just feel sorry for the homeless camp that's <laughs> a block over and me. Sure they're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're God, sleeping. there's so much construction down there right now that the clanging and banging, I've been putting together homeless kits and putting earplugs in them. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is making me crazy and I have four walls. Yeah. So anyway, that was a stoner tangent. So <laughs> back to the... Yeah, Back to Steep Hill Mendo. Jeez. Wow, Joe. <laughs> That's some good shit. What, what did I smoke? <laughs> some OG. Okay. The SFE OG. So what are you going to send me home with today? That. Okay. That was... That's all we've been producing so far. We've had a couple of scragglers get in there and to our genetic program just, you know, because you always get a random cut. It's not labeled right and you put it in the wrong room and, you know, that's yeah. kind of more like head smoke for us and then you know, friends and people yeah. that help out on the weekends when we need extra work and stuff. But primarily we try to do the SFVOG. Right on. Because it's been paying the bills so far. And yeah, I it's not love that it. I'm in love with the strain, but um, I love it. But it's a really good strain. Yeah. And it's been around for so long and it's not really going anywhere. And Sour Diesel and OG Kush are still holding it down very strong in yeah. both the, uh, what, like the legal market and the black market. Yeah, well, and it's, they're so recognizable. Like, I'm not a huge Sour D person, but... Me neither. Me neither. I didn't like that phase of my life when I was only growing <laughs> Sour Diesel. I didn't leave the house a lot, you know, ate a lot of food. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's that muscle mimicry, like a, a certain smell can take you back to a place. Yeah. But that's muscle memory. Muscle mimicry is if you eat a lemon and it makes my cheeks quiver that's muscle mimicry oh interesting we're talking big <laughs> words over here 
We're on the pot farm, Joanna. Let's just keep it to <laughs> well, that. Well, why do you think I'm talking like a crazy person? <laughs> I'm beautiful minding over here. I yeah, can't help are. myself. Yeah, you are. Anyway, so back to family. So you are about to be a father during harvest. Mm-hmm. Have you really like thought through this? Yeah. Do we have a plan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we definitely have a plan. And uh, the plan was kind of on par with what every major grower and farm and and business is doing in this industry right now. And it's just pairing up with someone that you work well with that also can bring experience into your farm. And we're having to expand on our square footage by such drastic numbers to maintain the same profit levels and be able to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And sustainable in my eyes is paying my bills and making sure that there's money in the bank for when we got to do this again, mm-hmm. and like making sure that you're coming back next year. So I've partnered up um, with another big grower and we're bringing in, you know, we're, we're, our whole neighborhood here is basically not organized and meeting, but we're very, um, you know, we're in communication with one another right. and we're trying to help each other out. Yeah, you've created we're a trying little co-op. To like, yeah, we're basically on the same path where I've seen they've done in Southern Humboldt as they've gotten together and, you know, these like six big farms created an LLC and now they have a lot more selling power a lot more buying power for mm-hmm. some of their products they're using. And they're all, you know, organic farms. We're all using the same stuff. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's well, the same And then they can come together stuff. at these at these festivals and mm-hmm. buy booth space together so they exactly. can then all, you exactly. know, sell. Get one big booth instead of, like, six small ones or whatever they plan on doing. And um, that's what the, the industry's heading in that direction where mm-hmm. farms are consolidating. They're having to get bigger and grow more. and the Profit margins are getting tighter, and it's like anything else in business. If you want to stay around, you got to keep growing. And yeah, there is no staying the same. Yeah, you know, you you never ever stay the same. So you always have to get bigger, and you always have to grow more and spend less. Yeah, you know, I per mean, capita. That sounds like adulting. You know, in it everything really in life. It's so annoying. <laughs> this is 35-year-old me just talking about just boring stuff. But no, but, it's totally But it's true. really cool that the, the cool part is, is we're allowed to go huge. And we're all allowed to get a 10,000-square-foot canopy permit. And we have room to expand to a, a second permit. Each parcel is allowed two permits. So we can either do a nursery that's 21,000 square feet of canopy um, I haven't really looked into that at all, but I'll probably end up expanding another 10,000 square feet of canopy for just outdoor. Wow. So if you do that right now, you have one partner helping you. Is that something where it's like, okay, we would need to bring a third person in? Possibly. To, yeah. Because it, it just, it feels like it would just be so overwhelming. Two people can't handle this size farm as it is. Like we're we're not slipping, but we're really close and we're working a lot of hours. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, if I am, if I am having a child, so yeah. in yeah. like four and a half weeks. And so being able to maintain a level of quality is going to take a lot more inputs on our labor side. So yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be here and I got to definitely pony up to pay someone who notices all these different things. Like, yeah. um, and those people don't come cheap no. and they're all getting swooped up and they're all partnering up and 
Um, you know, we're trying to train new people and show them like, this is what powdery mildew looks like in its infancy. And this is where it likes to hang out. So if you are going to have it in this room, that's 3000 square feet, it's going to be in this square inch over here. Let me show you yeah. the inch mm-hmm. that you want to start at. And there's other inches yeah. and this is where the inches come from and how they, it's crazy. Yeah. So what are the things where, you know, in this last kind of critical stages when you won't necessarily be there with your keen eyes who, you know, have seized this all the time. Mm -hmm. Like what are some of those things besides the powdery mildew? What are some of those other things that might creep up that if somebody else is growing that you're some of your kind of tips and things that you look for in that last flowering section? Um, Well, powdery mildew is a big one and that's just all about canopy management and making sure leaves aren't touching leaves that are touching leaves and creating these microclimates of wetness because the leaves sweat. They call it transpiring. They suck the nutrients and water up and then they kind of like exhale it through the bottom of the leaf. So basically you want to look for those spots where the plant is creating extra moisture. Mm -hmm. And I liked your analogy of, you know, it's like holding hands. Like, yeah. you don't hold hands all the time. It's all yeah, sweaty. Yeah. If there's five leaves touching each other, that's like everyone's holding hands. In the middle of the day, it gets really sweaty, and there's no air moving through, and then that creates a potential mold spot. So you just look at a plant and see that as an experienced grower. You can see, oh, there's going to be PM on the backside underneath that leaf right there. And mm-hmm. if there's not, there'll be eventually. Um, so that's... For the leaves, and then for the buds, you're looking for bud rot. And that can be brought about by either fungus growing in there, um, a damage to the plant tissue or the leaf that ends up rotting. Is the fungus due to moisture as it's well? It's just in the air. It's oh, just okay. all around us. It's, it's always around. So you can do some preventative sprays that you know, will knock it down as soon as you see it. Um, and these are organic things that yeah. you mix and, yeah. and put on them or is there? Yeah. Okay. So, um, through science, they've developed organic strains of bacteria. They're made in the lab, but they're basically organic Yeah. and they've bred them to attack the bad fungus mm-hmm. and then die. So, whereas the fungus that we're trying to combat against can reproduce it can start small and then keep building on itself. The fungus that we spray eats that and then dies. So there's zero fungus left in a matter of two or three days. Yeah. So they're like the soldiers that strap a bomb to their chest and run into a building. They're bred to die. (laughs) They're bred to eat and die quickly. So they don't reproduce and they don't end up putting some other fungus on your plant. All right. Tasty. Yeah. And, uh, Caterpillars is a big one. If you're looking for bud rot, um, you'll see little droppings on the leaf where a caterpillar, they're little teeny tiny things. Like some of them are just a couple centimeters long. And the moths and butterflies will lay their egg in the bud, the flower, especially your biggest top one that's your favorite, most awesome bud. It'll get an egg laid in it and then you'll see the leaf tip just die and then you open that up and you can see that the caterpillar is burrowed through so everything in there is about to die and become rotten if you don't catch that right right away then the whole bud will rot 
Oh my gosh. And that's a major skill. That like, was a tragic tale. It was a tragic tale because they always hit the biggest, the top buds because they're landing. They're coming yeah, in and out I of mean, the forest and landing and they land on the top bud, mm-hmm. which is always the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Wow. That's, those are, those are good tips. There's a product called BT Bacillus Thurogenesis or something like that. I just call it BT, but that is organic as well and you spray it and if the caterpillar eats the leaf it uh, messes with their uh, digestive system and then they die so they they don't do as much damage but you still will find a small piece of mold where they originally hatched and landed and ate all right well those are the only only two major things you can get real crazy but i mean if you have bugs like obviously get like a little jeweler's magnifying glass type thing and just look to see what kind of bug it is and I take it to the local place growing, and say, I got this bug. Those and, yeah. I mean, just constantly be examining your plant. Yeah. So, we so, take our leaves into our local suppliers and we'll just say, hey, look, this is screwed up. And that's what a lot of people are probably scared to do. Take a pot leaf into like Ace Hardware, but they might know what's going on. Or yeah. We, and now you can. Yeah. I mean, it's adult use. Yeah. Be like, hey, look at this leaf. There's bugs on it. What kind of bug is it? What do you have that's organic that I can spray my plants with? They're in this phase. A grow store, you know. I mean, Ace Hardware is probably a bad example, but any grow store (laughs) might need a little bit more advanced. I was like, I was like, well, Home Depot, maybe. Doubt Home Depot for sure. Yeah. Now that you brought up your your neighborhood hardware store, um, what has it been like in the community with you know, now that there's adult use and now you can be like, God damn it, I'm a pot farmer. Like No, I'm still not like that. Yeah. Well, is anybody but like that? I or? am in more intimate settings. Like the other day, my wife and I went out to dinner with some of her work people and you know, the guy asked me what I do and I said I'm a cannabis farmer and then he just went off on this tangent about how he's really into wax and like all this shit. And I'm like, Oh my God, dude, you're a stoner. <laughs> holy cow <laughs> and he had no idea when i do like open the gate and let him in a little bit and go yeah i'm a cannabis farmer up in mendocino it's a pretty big farm done. <clears throat> they're uh they always have comments and questions for yeah. sure it's very rarely that they go oh that's nice they always you, follow it with like, no way. Yeah. What's going on with that? Everyone's Tell me a curious. Story. Yeah. <laughs> well, so have you had the um the opposite reaction of somebody being just like they don't they don't talk to you anymore or they kind of No. Okay, that's good. No. Not at all. That's good. Because I tell people all the time to like have these conversations in their community. Like yeah. feel out their neighbor and the checkout person at the grocery store and your bank teller and you know because they need to know that this you know bright gregarious fun family man has a real legitimate job in the Mm. cannabis business and he's supporting a a wife and uh you know a newborn child and little baby william you know uh, (laughs) september 18th (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't wait. I've got to. I've got to stop by her office on the way home. I just have to yeah. see her this pregnant before I. Oh, leave she's town. mega pregnant right now. Four weeks. How's she? Is she cranky or is she doing all right? She's doing awesome. She's doing awesome. I'm not even saying that because I'm being recorded right now. 
But I would say that if she wasn't being I awesome. Would be, I would be able to see it on your face. Yeah, there's no way she's going to be listening to this. <laughs> You're doing love- great, babe. Good work. I love you, Wit. Doing a great job making that baby. How far is your commute every day to work? It's 45 minutes door to door. No traffic. It's all cruise control. Half of it's cruise control. And I have great cell phone service, so I can, like, wheel and deal and make stuff happen mostly on the way back because we try to leave around 7, 6 or 7 in the morning. We'll leave Healdsburg. Mm-hmm. And then we get up here right as you leave Cloverdale on Highway 128. It's very windy, as you just found mm-hmm. out today. And you enter into the Yorkville Highlands wine appellation, and that's basically my neighborhood. It was a fun drive, all the twists and turns. It it's had been beautiful. a while. I'm going to Italy in a few weeks, fog. so I'm practicing. You go through the fog. Like this morning, we were in Cloverdale, and it was so thick, foggy, I almost put the windshield wipers on. Stopped at the gas station. Does that help? Thick fog. Well, I mean, it was like condensating outside. It was almost <laughs> raining. Yeah, it helps if it's like, raining. It's like, what are you It's talking? misting. <laughs> you never driven through fog that provides... You with mist on your windshield? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have. I'm just, God, making me sound crazy. I'm casually baked, leave me alone. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, how does that work? But we're at, in Cloverdale, I want to say we're at like 100 feet of sea level, above sea level. Okay. And then as you go, leave Cloverdale on Highway 128, you go straight up into the mountains. We're in the San Franciscan mountain range, which is just high up above the ocean a convergent plate boundary. So this is just all sandstone through here. Mm-hmm. We're basically in an old ocean, and it's all redwood trees, and there's water gushing out of every corner of the property. And it so is I think pretty it, magical. As far as the Emerald Triangle goes, there's definitely some awesome places that have a lot of water that have been producing some mega farms for years and years, and they're locked in. But I feel like Yorkville Highlands is kind of undiscovered. And it's a little bit more expensive because you're kind of close to Sonoma County and almost into the uh, Anderson Valley, which is getting really well known for its Pinot Noir and mm-hmm. getting fancier. And so yeah. not a lot of dope growers up here anymore, but there's a few of us that are that are going to really shine big once it goes yeah. legal for real. And we hit the rec market and it's a level playing field a little bit right now. Everyone's just if you got a lawyer or you're super good at paperwork you're you're in the game but uh we are okay at paperwork so we have our <laughs> county permit that I did all by myself Bravo, and then sir. we recently got a lawyer and consultant to finish the process because it's just you got to be sitting at a desk and you got to have good Good internet and a and a phone to call customer service, and they got to walk you through it. And I just well, and you I'm have so to have an farming. hour every morning to read through all of the changes that have yeah. happened, reading all of the newsletters yeah. that came out, and all the things that are happening in the industry. It's overwhelming. It's hard to keep up. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna preach the beauty mm-hmm. and benefits of cannabis. I can't keep up with what's happening on the legal side of things in California. It's so nuts right now. Yeah. The uh, the county permit was pretty good. Mendocino County is is good at laying it all out there for you, and they're totally available when you walk in the door. But it still took me about twenty hours to fill out the application. 
And that's not including like maybe include, let's call it 25 hours because I had to drive to the county back and forth a few times. I had to get documents from the planning and building department. I had to wrap my head around all this stuff. And the site plan alone took me like six hours. You know, I'm visiting uh, land surveyors offices and getting mm-hmm. things, getting maps printed out to scale. And yeah, it was intense. It was very, very intense, but I definitely wrapped my head around this property. I know the boundary lines now, and I know how far it is to our neighbor's cabin and that neighbor's cabin and that creek and that creek. And yeah, because they make you measure it all out. Well, that's the one thing about being an entrepreneur, starting your own business, doing all of the jobs. Like I was telling you earlier, you know, I just need help. I know everything mm-hmm. I need to do now. And You've done every single job. So you yeah. can just see your operation from a totally different perspective. And so I think it's helpful to be in the weeds, pun intended, mm-hmm. and put in all of the sweat equity so that you know all of these things. And then it's like you oh, said, definitely. you can make the drive in your sleep. You could yeah. you could trim in your sleep. You could, you know, find powdery mildew and caterpillars in your sleep. I think that's cool. Yeah, weed mares. I do see it in my sleep. (laughs) Especially if I do it all day long. It's like all you do. As you get bigger, everything just becomes so much more like repetitive. It's like, okay, today we're going to do this, and we only have time to just do one thing. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult as we get bigger as farmers to maintain that quality. And I know I'm slipping on a couple of plants here and there, but... We definitely strive to maintain that quality. Otherwise, we come from a background on the medical side where if it wasn't A+, plus, you yeah. can sell it. Or you're getting, like, no money. You're losing money. You're definitely, if you're breaking even, you're just wasting your time. So for someone who is farming and so you can choose, like, I'm choosing to sell adult use or medical or whatever, and that's going to affect the price you get based on which which yeah. bucket you're throwing your... Right now, the state has in. actually consolidated the state permit to where you, when you apply, you apply for both. Okay. And then I believe it's up to the distributor level in which direction it goes. Once it gets into the, their hands, I don't really care what happens. I know. I'm like, blah, blah. Yeah. That's like white suit. Like white shirt guys got to deal with that kind of stuff, and I don't care. When you said white suit, white suit, I see Johnny Depp walking through the airport to Black Betty. No, distributors aren't that cool looking. No, they're not. <laughs> but I did hear Black Betty in the shower this morning, so maybe that's why. There you go. That's You're a good way to start tangent. the day. Whoa, Black Betty, family. You were up early Whoa. this morning. I'm up early every morning. I think that text was at like 7 a.m. You were ready to go. I was in the car driving. Good yeah. Work. Get up at 5.15. Whoa. Yeah. What time are you going to bed these days? Well, 5.15? Last, <laughs> <laughs> last night it was midnight. But I mean, I got in bed at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock is when I like to go to bed. School On yeah. a school night. You know, at this point in my life, every night's a school night. Yeah. You know, you work seven days a week. So. Oh, yeah. So what are the hours of a farmer these days? Um, It all depends on the weather. We're very weather-oriented. Obviously, farming is weather. If it's going to be like 100, 100 plus, 110, sometimes it can really get hot out here. And then we just got to leave when it's dark and get up here. And I mean, not too early, like 5 or 6. We'd leave mm-hmm. town and still don't get up here till like 6, 7, 8 in the morning. But as soon as we hit the ground, if we do get up here as late as 8 a.m., 
I mean, we get out of the car and no one's even talking to each other. We just go straight to work because yeah. we talk about what we're going to do on the drive up. We got 45 minutes. To, yeah. You know, I remember you know, the first 20 minutes is like just zoning out, drinking, drinking your coffee or your, yes. your mate. And then like, as soon as you get close, it's like, Hey, this is the plan. Mm-hmm. And we bounce the ideas off. You want to do that? You want to do that? And then we get there and. That well, it's so hot, yeah. No, totally. When I would work uh, for my dad in the summers, me and my sisters, we would be in the truck at six o'clock in the morning heading to the fence line because you have to shut down early, you just can't keep up. And he would never put water in the cooler, and so we'd be (laughs) parched and he'd be like, "Um, Why didn't you you have a Bud Light? Well, (laughs) he'd he'd be drinking beer out there, yeah. Of course, that's what I mean. That's what we drank, and then of course, at lunch, we would have a quick sandwich or something, take a 10 minute power nap, and then remember waters and get back out there and just do like two more hours, and then you're out. You couldn't, you couldn't last all afternoon. It's been a pretty, it's been a luxury this year, you know, having everything kind of fall into place. There haven't been too many mega issues, but we're, we're done by like two o'clock. Yeah. And then we'll, uh, we'll come back and spray. And so we'll do either our preventative sprays or if we find any mold or mildew, we'll spray for that. And, um, in the vegetative stage, which we're already in flower, so we're not using it anymore, but we use a lot of neem oil and mineral oils that kills any bugs. Little teeny tiny bugs that you don't really see. Yeah. Tell me your Instagram handle real quick because you always post good pictures about what you're doing. So if somebody wanted to look at that, what is yeah, it? Steep Hill Mendo. Okay. S-T-E-E-P Hill H-I-L-L Mendo M-E-N-D-O. Yeah. Three pretty simple. Hey, words. you know what? Steep. Somebody could right. spell right. steep two different ways. Somebody can spell hill two different ways. No, we're we're on a very steep hill and we're in Mendocino County. Steep Hill Mendo. <laughs> and those are the only coordinates you'll get. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to, how to get the coordinates. I'll, I'll meet you at the road. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. You can't explain how to that. get here. No. You can't explain how to get here because there's too many turns and there's neighbors and Mendocino County's very introverted out in this part of the county. So the neighbors don't want to see you. They don't want you even driving through their land. It's interesting because you grow up in neighborhoods and, you know, there's public roadways. And so people can walk on the road. It's no big deal. They can ride their bike on the road, walk their dog. Around here, it's all private, but you have a right-of-way, a deeded right-of-way through mm-hmm. these other properties. So you're driving on the road, but it's on, their property. Yeah. Well, and that's they're, like, out up. there working mm-hmm. on stuff. And they kind of look at you like, "Get who the heck are you? Mm-hmm. I've had people come out here with trailers and a neighbor of mine brought his horse trailer over and the neighbor down below has horses. So she freaked out, was texting me, calling me, saying that someone was there to steal her horses. Well, this same, it's awesome. this same it's stuff awesome. happens in it. West Texas. That's We would have those things. One of our cows would get on somebody else's property or, you know, you have the one county road that goes through and then, you know, it branches off. But my dad, he knew every vehicle. He knew mm-hmm. every person. You know, and he would slow down, take a look, see what's totally. going on. There's tons of pulling over. He knows on the, the side. tread pattern on their tires. Yes. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, we, we know that. We see that stuff out here yeah. for sure. I mean, because no one else daughters. uses the road. So if someone else does, you're like, someone else drove out here in the last like eight hours because I was here last night. So 
Oh, yeah. You see tread patterns, you know, mm-hmm. and then you go look at your neighbor's car or something. Yeah. No, you got to be on point out here in the cutties. Well, and it's funny because <laughs> my dad was on point for those reasons, but then it also mm-hmm. helped him be super strict with his five daughters because we'd have like He'd know when you a were car going. full of boys that would pull up halfway and then turn their car off and walk the rest of the way to the house. And then before we even got up, he already knew that we had had visitors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he thought you were being smart. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Well, I love it out here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's, um, I'm glad you got to see it. Yes, and I'm glad seeing that it I will. Seeing in person, does, it's a little different than just seeing it on Instagram. Well, and you know, or on text messages. that's another thing that is fun about this new modern cannabis era is being able to have the same experience that someone does when they go and visit a winery Mm -hmm. and get to walk through the petite Syrah that they love so much and then take it home. And then they're sharing it with their friends and they tell this beautiful story about, you know, their day and they show pictures. And now people will be able to do that with their cannabis experience. Well, we're not there yet. And the state and the counties are so not embracing that whole movement but I'm saying it's I headed already, that direction i already do that well yeah but you have an insider's ticket it's not like someone can call and say hey can i get a tasting for four uh michelle slumberger this afternoon like no you're actually like having to know someone to get through the gates and meet at the mine workers and stuff well sure that's that's but we'll get the there cool part of we'll it. definitely get yeah. there like we want to we want to take this to the point where we have a production facility, a trim and processing warehouse, or not even warehouse. It just needs to be like a 20 by 20 area where we could do our own concentrates, where we can do our own packaging, where we can sell it. Well, in, that sounds like Flow Cannabis. Have you been room. out there yet? Uh, Flow Canna? No, I have not. Well, so they created the Flow Cannabis Institute. I've, and I've definitely been watching what they're doing. That is, it's a great concept. It, it is. It's, it's exactly like you talking about. Yeah, and I hope they get to that your... point. They're not there yet. Well, they're, I mean, it's all in process. It's conceptual. Yeah, well, I mean, but... I've been out there. I went to their kind of ribbon cutting thing and yeah. got to walk that through. That was and... probably super cool. It was cool. It was yeah, fun. I read about that. They rolled out the red carpet through the, the trimming and packaging uh-huh. area. Yeah. And just And they had all their employees there. They did a great job. Whoever planned that event, kudos. They mm-hmm. did a good job. I, and I, I know Canacraft is doing some tours. Canacraft in Santa Rosa. But everything's pretty much still kind of like in its infancy. And it's not like someone can just call up and be like, hey, I want to come check well, this out. Well, there is, there actually is a, a cannabis tourism, and I'll include this in the show notes. There is a guy that's doing cannabis tourist groups. And so nice. he does have farms that he'll take people to and then and take them to dispensaries like in Burnville yeah. area and kind of do that thing. He follows it. It's the cannabis trail, I think. Okay. And so starting in San Francisco and kind of touring through the old San Francisco cannabis scene. Nice. Then, yeah. Nice. Tell them to come up to the mountain. I will. I'll, I'll connect y'all. Yeah. Cause this is, we're, per- we're kind of far away, but I mean, if you're going to come up to the Emerald triangle, we're not that far. Well, and it could even be something Only 45 minutes from Healdsburg. So, well, and if we did something where it was a day where we, maybe people do the tour and then they learn about, tips for their outdoor grow and they get a little class and a lunch mm-hmm. and whatever will make a day out of it. Then it's worth driving 45 yeah. minutes. No, that is, that is the end goal for sure. We can make that happen. We're headed in that direction. I can direction. make that happen for you. Yeah. 
about five years ago, a helicopter touched down and chopped down our entire crop, and now we're bringing up tour buses from San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> love that, it. That, my friends, is change. <laughs> that is change right there. <laughs> I love it. I was listening to a TED Talk, and it was all about numbers. And this one particular section was a data scientist that is reviewing the just statistics from the 80s versus statistics from now. And as terrible as we think everything is and like the world's going to hell in a handbasket, the world continuously gets better. If you, if you just take your emotions, take everything out of it and look at the data, like, you know, people escaping poverty and people living longer, happier lives, all of these actual scientific data points show that the world keeps getting better. So I'm going to leave on that hopeful note. Good. Yeah. Good. I mean, we're, we are going to have tour buses out here. We're going to have, yeah. this is too beautiful not to share. That's true. Very special. Not everyone gets to go see like a, a large size marijuana farm and there's a lot of work that goes into it. And there's definitely some, some bad seeds out there. The ones that you see on like Lost Coast Outpost and the cannabis, like you're seeing these mega raids where there's garbage in the creeks and stuff, but no one's really showing the pictures of the ones where everything's organized and clean and when people, on the way to compliancy with state and county laws. And, well, and who people love the land because it's been part of their family for generations. Yeah, my dad comes up here unannounced all the time, like county inspection. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the dad inspection when he's like, <laughs> hey, what do you like? What's up? Like, there's a bunch of garbage all on the ground. I'm like, well, the dog just got into it. He's like, well, clean it up right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Stop what you're doing, kid. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Because he doesn't care about the things that we care about. He doesn't see this as like a producing farm. He sees it as like, like, why would you be messing around with that when you should be cleaning up this brush over here and making it look nice and clean? And yeah, yeah. so we battle sometimes. Well, but that's good. And <laughs> it's, it is good. it's nice Keeps to have check. that. Yep. Totally. Yeah. It doesn't matter how big we get. Our parents can yeah. always like. Well, and you know, you're walking around, you see like a beer can over in the corner, or like a plastic baggie and you'll walk off the trail and go grab it because you don't want dad to see that. No. And, if you see it now, it might be gone next time you walk by. It's already halfway down the hill. Yeah, that's a healthy fear. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Good thing grandma doesn't come up here. If grandma came up here, who we'd be sweeping. <laughs> we'd be raking, would, we'd be raking be and sweeping. sweeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a boss. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar guy. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. The next morning, I met Matt's lovely and very pregnant wife, Whitney, for a catch-up. We went for a walk and stopped by the Hillsburg Farmer's Market, where in the past, they've had a produce stand. As we stocked up on stone fruit, her current pregnancy craving, I asked Whitney about her personal transition in the community post-legalization. You know, whether or not she's opening up about their cannabis business. Mid-conversation, a couple with their kids stopped us to say hi to Whitney, which always happens because she's like the mayor. <laughs> Figuratively, she's like the social mayor. So they ask about Matt and the produce stand, and Whitney smiles as she explains that he's a full-time cannabis farmer now. The look of pleasant surprise on their face was priceless. 
And as we walked on, Whitney laughed and said, so that's how I'm handling it. I really hope exploring the life of an outdoor pot farmer brings you new appreciation next time you open a jar of flour and catch a whiff of all the love that went into growing your medicine. Together, yes, it's high time. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please share it with a curious friend. And don't forget, if you've got can of curiosities of your own, Schedule your free 15-minute Casually Baked chat with me. Go to casuallybaked.com and click on the big gray schedule appointment button at the top of the screen. We had a time together. Casually Baked, the podcast, was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album Gotta Get Back wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Stay tuned for a follow-up episode on my genetic exploration with David Kranz. I've submitted my DNA sample, I've completed the cognitive tests and the lifestyle review. Now I'm anxiously awaiting the big reveal of my endocannabinoid panel. Eek! <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed that cannabis is still doing my body good after 22 years. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.